0: My brothers brothers and sisters in the Lord, I'm reminded of an event, a story that happened to me a few months ago. I had just celebrated a funeral mass and we were heading to Lake Lawn Park Mausoleum for the burial. And we parked at the mausoleum, the hearse was there and all the pallbearers began to line up as is normal. Well, on the other side of the mausoleum, they are beginning to construct some in-ground tombs. And one of those tombs at that time was excavated. So there was a large hole in the ground and all the dirt was piled up on the side. And as the pole bearers began to line up, one of the gentlemen had his son with him. And his son probably was about six, maybe seven years old, if that. And he was fascinated with this hole and with this dirt that was piled on top. And so he kept pulling on his father's trousers, saying to him, Dad, look at the dirt, look at the hole. And you could see his dad was trying to remain collective and trying to sort of, in some way, ignoring him. And so the little boy, he was persistent, he didn't give up. He was still pulling on those trousers, saying, Dad, look at the hole, look at the dirt. And then he said something that really caught me and caught everyone else. He looked at his dad and he said, Dad, they must have all been so surprised. One got out. (laughs) My brothers and sisters, that's what we celebrated Easter. One got out. That Jesus is not in the tomb. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Our dear friends, as we gather in this church on this Easter morning, we too celebrate this good news of great joy, that the power of sin and death has been conquered by the joy of the resurrection. And that's why, my brothers and sisters, Easter is filled with surprises. Because in the Gospels we hear that the disciples were surprised, the women were surprised. What about us? Are we surprised as well? For those who know Father Cooper, know I hate surprises. But Easter is filled with surprises. And it's those surprises, my brothers and sisters, the surprises of God that change our lives and change the world in which we live. And some of those Easter surprises we can briefly reflect upon this morning. And one of them is this. The resurrection, my brothers and sisters, marks the point in which life overcomes death. The resurrection marks the point in which life overcomes death. In St. Luke's Gospel, if you remember, when the women go to the tomb, they find two angels. And the angels say to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Life has overcome death. I remember when I was first ordained, I was visiting a gentleman who was 34 years old who had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I would visit once a week and we would talk and we would pray together and I would bring him Holy Communion. And in the beginning, my brothers and sisters, he was very despondent. He was very much in despair. And then one day after several weeks, his demeanor, his attitude had completely changed. And during the course of our conversation, I asked him, I said, what happened? Share with me. And he said, Father, as I was praying a few days ago, I realized something that I should have realized a long time ago. He said, I thought I was traveling from the land of the living to the land of the dead. But he said, I realize that I'm traveling from the land of the dead to the land of the living. My brothers and sisters, that's eternal life. What that young man realized is that this world is not all there is. That everything around us, no matter how good and beautiful, it compares very little to the splendor and the majesty of our God. As the old spiritual goes, I want to go where the milk and honey flow, where Jesus is my life, where he's calling me home. I want to be where the Father waits for me. I want to hear him say, welcome to the promised land. One of the surprises of Easter is the resurrection marks that point in which life overcomes death. The second surprise of Easter, my friends, is the resurrection marks the point in which hope overcomes grief, and joy overcomes despair. Hope and joy and peace overcome all of those negative things that often weigh us down. And so my brothers and sisters, whatever it is in your life this day, Whatever it is that is a heartache or a headache, whatever it is that is a trial or a tribulation, whatever it is that is weighing you down, the joy of the resurrection is that it marks the moment, it marks the point in which hope always overcomes grief. But we always are called to be a people of joy. I love this particular quote. I'll share with you just a portion of it. So many things can make us afraid. The loss of a loved one work, a broken friendship, a relationship, and the experience of not being valued by others, among the many other experiences that can leave us despondent, not knowing what to expect, even afraid. Those who met the risen Christ all experienced a profound change in their lives. Christ was alive and offered peace and hope to them. They were offered a new beginning. His presence brought not vengeance, but reconciliation. Our Lord's resurrection overcame sin and death. His resurrection is true redemption, an invitation to new life, where every human flaw can be corrected, and where we can be free from whatever binds us and constricts us or destroys our true freedom and be welcomed into the eternal kingdom. My brothers and sisters, that is the joy of the resurrection. That death does not have the last say. That grief does not have the last say. At the trial, of the tribulation, none of that has the last say. But that Jesus has the last say. And it's always a word of hope and a word of joy and a word of peace into our lives. The third point, my brothers and sisters, I could give you all kinds of points. We could be here for another 45 minutes, but we won't. I'll give you just one more. And the last one is this. The resurrection marks the point that you and I have to make a decision. It's a decision point, my brothers and sisters. We have to make a decision because if we leave church this morning the same way we came in and if we have not been changed in some way, if we have not been transformed in some way, if we have not allowed the Word of God to change us, the body and blood of Jesus as food on our journey to strengthen us, then we have missed the resurrection. Because we're not called to to leave this church in the same old way. But the newness of life. And it's a decision you and I have to make. If we really believe in the resurrection. And the power and presence of Jesus to make all things new. Then when we leave this church, we leave proclaiming the good news of the Lord. What the Lord has done in your life. What the Lord continues to do in your life. What you know and you trust the Lord is going to find a way even when you feel there's no way or you can't see a way. There is always a way with Jesus. It is the power of the resurrection that makes all things new. But you and I have to make that decision because free will dictates that out of love, we have to decide whether or not we want to be a disciple. It's not forced on us. If it was, it would not be love. And that is the call my brothers and sisters this morning. You may be familiar with there is a novel called The Road. And in the novel basically it's setting where there is a gentleman who is in Jerusalem at the time. And he experiences the life of Jesus and he's writing a letter home to his fiancee who is in Rome. And in the letter he explains all the events of Jesus' life and everything that happened in Jerusalem, the Passion, the Crucifixion, and the Resurrection, and the risen Lord Jesus. And at the end of the letter to his fiance, I believe her name was Diana, he says, and I have decided to become a disciple of Jesus. And Diana, his fiancée, who's all the way in Rome, she writes back, and she says to him, that is such a beautiful story. But does it really have to take that kind of effect on your life? Do you really have to follow Jesus? Does anything really have to change? That's her question. Now, my brothers and sisters, all of us are asked that question, and the answer is yes. If we're following Jesus, things do change. Things have to change, and we desire to be transformed and renewed. It is the joy of the resurrection. It is part of the mystery of Easter. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, the call is for all of us to allow Jesus to Easter in us. Because we are an Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. My dear friends, the surprise is that one got out. The disciples were surprised, the women were surprised, even though Jesus said on the third day, I will rise. The tomb is empty. The question, my brothers and sisters, what effect does it have in your life and in mine? And if it has any effect, my friends, if we truly are an Easter people, then as we leave church this day, we should be transformed and renewed. And the hymn of Alleluia should be on our lips. May God grant us the grace to truly follow in the footsteps of the risen Lord.